Stone gets the puck after the draw. Petrangelo shoots, save, and a rebound, score! Chandler Stevenson finds the puck in the slot, pots the rebound, and the Knights are back in the lead, 3-2. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Without it, oh, and a tip puck and a shot, they score! Michael Abadio, the Knights win it in overtime! 5-4 Vegas! A double overtime victory for the Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman. Live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215. Home of the. Which microphone is working? Which microphone is working? It is the Stanley Cup final edition of the VGK Insider Show. As it is official, the Vegas Golden Knights clinching their spot. Everybody good? After last night, everybody back to normal after last night. It's very rare that you have clinching games that go like they did Mm -hmm. in the Western Conference Final. Except it happened in the first round against the Winnipeg Jets. Two of the three series that have been closed up by Vegas have been enjoyable nights. Mm -hmm. Relatively stress-free. So I'm looking at that as another one of those positive building blocks into this incredible journey back to the Stanley Cup final for the second time. Yeah, it's a no-doubter for the Golden Knights last night. It was a a thorough, thorough game from a team that you were you were hoping to see that from, and it's not often, as you mentioned, Aaron, where you necessarily see a closeout game that, that doesn't have much doubt to it, but the Golden Knights have been able to do that a couple of times so far in the playoffs. That was the best game of the playoffs, and let's open up the phone line, 702-876-1340. You want to have your say about this journey that's uh, occurring right now in the spring of 2023? Give us your thoughts, uh, 702-876-1340. Best game of the Stanley Cup playoffs for the Vegas Golden Knights, and I'm talking about top to bottom. I'm talking about management, I'm talking about coaches, and the game plan that they put into place, the players, and their performance executing the game plan and then following it up with the depth performance and then perfect defensively. It was a dominating performance and I loved the way it happened uh, with all kinds of different storylines including the misfits from year number one mm-hmm. having a, a, a very sizable influence on what happened last night. But the, the strategy by Bruce Cassidy to get away from the overload and work on their breakouts either by a rim or a D to D and come up the uh, the other side was fantastic and it had a sizable say. So let's uh, start things off. Uh, line number two, it is Mike on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Lead us off well, Mike. Oh, hi guys. This old man is getting used to those five o'clock starts. I'm very happy about those. Now, we're going to look forward today, and we looked backward last night with Ryan. And uh, in the forward look, I want to talk about what I think. First of all, I think it should be called the Sunglass Series because of the two cities involved. And I think the Knights are going to win it in five. So I hope you guys will give your predictions later. Uh, What I'm basing that on is I think that the Stanley Cup was decided on May 14th when we beat Edmonton in Game 6. 
I think those are the two best teams left in the tournament. But you guys can weigh in on that if you want. I, I know that when we neutralize a team that has two top players, and Matthew Kachuk and probably uh, Sergey, uh, or not Sergey Bobrovsky, but Alexander Barkov, probably the best two on Florida. I know that if we neutralize them, and we always have done that as much as we can with Edmonton, the rest of our 16 get the job done, even if they neutralize, say, Eichel and Stone. What say you to that? Well, I, I think for the Golden Knights, what we've seen throughout the playoffs so far is that, you know, the work William Carlson, specifically William Carlson, has been able to do in neutralizing some of the best offensive talent on the other side, it, it's it's legendary. It's second to none. So I, I think that you've got a team in the Golden Knights that has clearly defined roles. You've had production from Jack Eichel and his line. Obviously, John of the Marsh so has come in with some phenomenal goals, big-time goals. I just think for the Golden Knights, it's it's not necessarily getting away from what they've done to this point. I think that this is, a, a as we've talked about, a deep team that has a lot of different options, and I think one of the biggest differences maybe between the Golden Knights and the Carolina Hurricanes is that the offense isn't drying up for the Golden Knights. It dried up for Carolina in that Eastern Conference Final. I think that's the biggest difference that Florida's going to face in their opponent in the Golden Knights. And before you get uh, too celebratory... And we all hope for the best for the Vegas Golden Knights. Florida doesn't care. Florida doesn't care. They, they, they beat the best team in the regular season history. They beat a, a team in Toronto Maple Leafs that got over the hump. They beat a team that was uh, had depth on their side and was going in the Carolina Hurricanes. So uh, Fl- Florida doesn't care who you are, whether you beat the Edmonton Oilers and, uh, and you are, you're the best team left uh, in, the, in the Stanley Cup playoffs or not, Mike. You're right. You're absolutely right. Ryan made it clear last night. The regular season means bupkis. It just doesn't mean much. But what does mean something is the way the Knights are playing now, and I'm happy with what happened yesterday, obviously. Now, you look at the last line of defense, Bobrovsky versus Hill. Well, on the surface, Bobrovsky is the man. He's won two Vesnas. He's 11 of his last 13. But let's remember that Bobrovsky is 34. Does it bother you? at all, that Hill is starting his 12th straight game on Saturday. No, not not with a break. Okay. Not with a break. Good. It does, doesn't matter whether uh, Bobrovsky's 34 because he has, he's had two and a half weeks off. So workload is not a factor in this series. There's going to be enough of a gap for the Golden Knights, almost a perfect gap, if you want to mm-hmm. characterize it as that, uh, for getting some time away and enjoying a moment and then getting back into the uh, series in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And for Florida, they, they mean their issue is going to be shaking off rust, uh, to be quite honest. Uh, let's go to the phone lines. Thank you very much for leading us off. Mike, uh, Rick is on line number three on the VGK Insider Show. Enjoying the moment, are you? Yes, I am, guys. How are you doing today? Good, great. Yeah, I'm from back east, so being here 30-some years, it's nice to see hockey finally taking hold and being embraced. And I got to say, just watching the way Cassidy coaches his players and leaning on some guys and knowing what to do and being able to change up, it's fun to be a fan because from Winnipeg all the way to now, if if this team that played last night played Winnipeg, it would be 4-0. I mean, they would sweep them. They've gotten so much better each round, and you have to because it's the hardest trophy to win in the world. And if you're not playing your best by the time you make it, 
then, you know, you're going to get bumped, just like Toronto found out and Boston found out. So I love the night chances. I say six. And I'm not worried about Bobrovsky. I'm an old Flyers fan. I've seen him play sometimes. And uh, you get in his head, he's a guy you can beat. Uh, two-time Vezina Trophy winner, and he's the best goaltender in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So I, I will take a, a middle ground uh, stance on that as opposed to your confidence uh, because he Bobrovsky has been that dominant so far. Uh, yeah, but, but against Carolina. I mean, there's, there's no offense going Carolina. We're going to put way more shots and you know generate more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's it's great to be confident, and I like the Golden Knights' offense, uh, certainly depth-wise, uh, compared to the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, that's that's not even up for discussion. Appreciate it. Uh, Rick, let's go to Stephanie on line one on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Great. How are you? I am fantastic. Um, I was not loving that we had to play games five and six, but after, you know, the dominant win last night and being able to take a step back, I think that it may have been for the best. Um, Ryan, you've said it, teams that face more adversity, you know, do better. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, being able to be humbled a little bit by those two wins that Dallas took uh, and then just see the force they came out with last night was amazing. And I have so much faith in this team. I think they are absolutely going to do it nice and Five. That's I, I love the predictions that we're getting here. I like the confidence 100%. Um, and, you know, to your point, Stephanie, I think that there is something to be said about the adversity piece of it, but also, as, as Darren had mentioned, the Golden Knights, right? Like, this is a team that has played meaningful games most recent, and you've got a 10-day break between games for the Florida Panthers. So I do think that is going to have an impact on how the series starts, whether or not the Golden Knights can kind of take advantage of that, because I do believe there will be a rust component to the game of the Florida Panthers, and if the Golden Knights can pounce on that, that's what you're looking to do in game number one. Yeah, that's um, for sure. It, I, You know, that was one of the things that I was looking at when it said, you know, if they go to, you know, if they have to play game six, date starts and moves and at first I was like oh that'll give them a lot of rest but like you said man that's a lot of time off and you know they they never really have that amount of time off during the whole regular season they get into a groove and and you're going so I think that the amount of rest the Knights are going to get is going to be good just to rest our players and recover and still be you know in that mode and ready to go yeah and Florida was in a rhythm Stephanie, mm-hmm. we, we yeah. saw that uh, after the 3-1 deficit against the Boston Bruins. They got it going in the right direction, and they felt like a team of destiny within that group. And then you have a little bit of a stall on that. It'll be up to them to resurrect that feeling, and I don't doubt that there's still going to be plenty of confidence in the Florida Panthers. This is a team that picked their season up from the garbage can and got it back going, dusted it off, and it's smelling pretty good right now. And they should feel good about themselves, but as far as recapturing that rhythm that they were in, that'll be the challenge for Coach uh, Paul Maurice and company. I mean, and just like just like the Dallas Stars, right, the Panthers aren't going to just lay over and, and let us beat them. I think that it's going to be a tough series. I think it's going to be challenging, but I think that we have the team that is prepared for it and ready for it and is going to show up and bring home a cup. I will say this. They they look like a Cinderella team 
but they're not. <laughs> it's more like a Cinderella, uh, a, a sheep in wolf's clothing. It, it, it's just it doesn't fit that that narrative because they're a president's trophy winning group from a year ago with a couple of additions and a change at, at head coach. I've seen teams surprise and get to a final, mm-hmm. and they're happy with that and they roll over. So you're this is not that team. Even though they're 17th in the National Hockey League standings, they're a team that a year ago was highly rated mm-hmm. going into the playoffs, the best team during the regular season, got over the hump by winning a round, and, and then stumbled in, in the, uh, the regular season this year after a change in coach and, and a different philosophy implemented, and it took them some time to get through it. So uh, this isn't your regular uh, just surprise team in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, and I, I'd agree with that in that you look at the Florida Panthers and certainly the year that they had last regular season was phenomenal. And, and as Darren mentioned, they had to get out of the first round. That was kind of the bugaboo for the Florida Panthers is that they couldn't get out of the first round, a la the Toronto Maple Leafs. And the difference between you know Florida now is that, they, they as Darren mentioned, they bring in a new coach. You make that big blockbuster trade for Matthew Kachuk. You try to tailor your game a little bit more to what you need to do in order to win in the playoffs. And it's been very successful for the Florida Panthers and you know the Cinderella thing is interesting it's like Cinderella a year after living in the palace yeah. just deciding that she she wants to to you know figure out if she can turn a pumpkin into yeah. a carriage again they wanted a team that could compete deep into the playoffs yeah. and wasn't as reliant on rush chances mm-hmm. a lot like Vegas was 2 3 years ago Weird. Very, great rush team. Mm-hmm. Now uh, a much different, uh, it's a, still a four-line team, always has been, but scoring comes from all four lines as opposed to just an energy line, and they can create offense in zone. Florida does the exact same thing. And a lot of people were questioning, including in this room, why Florida did what they did at the three-quarter point this season and beyond. It didn't look good that this mm-hmm. team was going to be able to get it Mm-hmm. in time. And they got a break in the Pittsburgh Penguins falling flat in their face in the final week against the Columbus Blue Jackets just to get in. But they also won enough games to put themselves in the position. Mm-hmm. They were very good down the stretch. Yeah. They just had to make up a lot of ground. And they then they got a break and they've been able to capitalize on it. But I, I just don't I don't put this into the uh one and done type of come out of nowhere. Uh, philosophy, one-hit wonder. This is a team that's been building towards this, including additions last year, changing coach uh, last year, and have finally put it all together. And I think it's going to be a a good challenge uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights to overcome what is uh, a group that's feeling as good about themselves as Vegas is. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly vibes, right, for the for the Florida Panthers in, in how they got themselves into the playoffs, what the deficit was that they were facing in that first-round matchup against the Boston Bruins, and then battling through and, and beating that adversity. It makes you a tougher team, and it makes you harder to play against. And I think for the Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers, there's a lot of more similarities between these two teams, regardless of where they finish the regular season. And I think we're in for a really, really entertaining series. we got a line open at 702-876-1340. Want to have your say on the Vegas Golden Knights reaching the Stanley Cup final. We are open to hearing from you right now. Let's go back to line number two. And Roger, you're on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Hi, first of all, I've been trying to get through. I listen to every day, and this is the first time I've been able to get through to uh, talk. So if I could have a couple minutes, 
Welcome. I would first of all like to thank Mr. Bill Foley for having a vision to bring hockey to Vegas. And then, of course, telling the Clinton Judge, uh, I would love listening to Dan David, Gary Wallace, and then you guys go. I lost my eyesight a couple of years ago, so I can't go and do it anymore, but I, I so look forward to him every night. And I had my brother take me down to Arizona Charlie's, and I told him, I said, Yes, going back. Uh, Miami getting seven and a half, and I said, take the Golden Knights. <laughs> he said, you're going to take the Golden Knights at Dallas? I said, yeah. I said, take them in and over. I said, I believe it's, it'll be four to two, even though it was six to nothing. And the fact, one more thing, I grew up a Boston Bruins fan, so some of these coaches into it. And I was there when they had Bobby Orr in the class when he used it. That's busy help. And when they fired Bruce Cassidy last year, and everybody was talking about this one, that one I said they'd be smart, and I hope they bring in Bruce Cassidy and got the team too. And I said, I don't know what we'll do this year. I think we'll have a great year, but I said that was a great move for Bruce Cassidy. And I do think that we will win the Stanley Cup. I believe 100% my heart. Florida's good. They got. I know they got Mikey for Jackson, Sam Bennett, and Bob Cosby. They got a big team, too. But so have we, and we also are a team of destiny. And I believe we will win it all. And thank you so much for your show. Roger, appreciate the call. Don't be a, be a stranger to us as the Golden Knights advance to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, funny thing of bringing up Bruce Cassidy. Mm-hmm. He was out of work between the Boston job and the Vegas opportunity for less time than the Florida Panthers <laughs> will have between the third round, the Eastern Conference <laughs> final, and the Stanley Cup final. There's a bigger gap for the Florida Panthers filling time than, than Bruce Cassidy was uh, not employed by a National Hockey League team. Mm. That's how quickly he was snapped up last year by Vegas. Yeah, and you you look at where you are right now if you're the Golden Knights and, and the decision from Kelly McCrimmon to, to go in this direction, to bring in a new voice. And, and, and we talked about it at the time last year. We talked about just kind of needing a reset. For this organization and Bruce has been an absolute breath of fresh air and he is proven time and time again that when when there's a when there's an adjustment to be made or when there's a a chance to bring out the best in this team he's pushing the right buttons and it's it's pushed them to the Stanley Cup final wonder what Bruce from Summerlin's doing today just chilling out <laughs> I would hope so running around with the, with the kiddos uh, probably that too yeah I don't think today is a prep day. Now, they stayed overnight in Dallas last night. Okay. Uh, that was a change from game four to five, mm-hmm. uh, where they flew home right after and, and got ready for, for game five. So they stayed overnight last night, uh, enjoyed themselves. Uh, there was a, a team function uh, at the hotel, and they've got a great uh, hospitality room uh, at, at, at that facility. It's, it's wonderfully set up mm-hmm. for an NHL team uh, with a big courtyard. So they were able to enjoy the moment. Trophies there. Uh, away you go. Uh, then today is a total day off. So yeah. there, we're not talking if players need treatment, there's that. But that's the only reason why you're going to the rink uh, today. Uh, I'm sure there's some players out in the golf course. I'm sure there's some players uh, just getting some relaxing in. And uh, Bruce is probably just being a dad today. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't. Summerline. I wouldn't doubt that for a minute. And uh, you know, then then the work starts. And and I think for you know, again, it's it's nice to decompress. It's nice to have the that moment where you can just relax and and take into account what you've accomplished. But for the Golden Knights, it's it's still four more wins. It's still one more round. It's still the Stanley Cup. 702-876-1340. If you want to call, uh, give us a shout uh, next hour. We will reopen the phone lines the next hour, and uh, we will bring you on the air. I want to get into the conversation right now about the trophy and touching the trophy, Mm -hmm. and then John Shannon's going to uh, come by in just a little bit. Yeah. um, I mean, they they didn't touch the trophy. So I'm interested to see where you where you want to go but uh for the golden knights like again uh you, you get an opportunity you get the chance you, you you get to be able to to win the conference fantastic fantastic accomplishment uh whether or not you touch it is not going to make any difference as to whether or not you win <laughs> yeah. but it's uh, crazy how it uh, happened between the florida panthers and the vegas golden knights one went one way, one went the other. Uh, John Shannon, the former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada, standing by. He's going to join us uh, on the other side as we look ahead to this expected but surprising Stanley Cup final in which one organization is going to celebrate its first NHL championship. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Hello, Canada and hockey fans of the United States and Newfoundland. He used to have the most important job in Canada. Now he's willing to give us a few minutes. It's time to chat with John Shannon. Well, now that we have it settled, the Western Conference represented by the Vegas Golden Knights, the East will be led by the Florida Panthers, and this team and this matchup has never been witnessed before. Somebody's going to win their first Stanley Cup title, and John Shannon's here to talk about it. Uh, unexpected or... Maybe just a year late. Uh, I don't know how you'd look at this because Vegas was expected to be good last year, but then injuries curtailed them. And Florida was good last year and then had a wonky start to this season with all the turnover to the hockey team. Uh, I think it was unexpected any year. You know, when you think about it, 32 teams, uh, the quality of play, um, the fragility of rosters, as the Golden Knights had last year. The fact that Florida had a roster last year they thought they liked, but changed it quickly after got eliminating in two rounds last season. Uh, it's it's a bit of a, uh, a crapshoot to find out every year who's going to be in the Stanley Cup final. And, and last year, let's face it, I think that uh, Colorado was the odds-on favorite anyway. So from from that perspective, I think that it was totally unexpected. So who's the favorite in this series? Well, I think that you know, if you talk to the odds makers, I think that uh, they're tipping towards the Golden Knights a little bit, uh, and then there's guys like me that are tipping towards the Golden Knights a lot. Uh, I, I think that I think people, this this series will surprise a lot of people. I don't think it's going to go six games. I think it's going to go five, and I think the Golden Knights win. Why? Um, first of all, I, I, in the end, I wonder about the, 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 the layoff for the, uh, for the Panthers, how much an effect will it have in the first game, game and a half. Uh, and I, I just, I like the complete, first of all, both teams are playing complete games, but I, I think that there are 
circumstances with the Golden Knights that we've talked about constantly on this show that put them in good stead. And, and really, I, I think the, the defense for the Golden Knights is the best in the league right now. They have size. Uh, they have mobility. Uh, I, I think they're tough to beat, and I, I give them the edge there, and I give them the edge in the series. You know, when you look at the Florida Panthers, it, it's hard to talk about this team without uh, highlighting the play of Sergei Bobrovsky through this playoff run. Like, how do the Golden Knights kind of their offense and, and what it's been able to do so far in this postseason, how does it stack up to what Carolina was unable to do in that series? Well, I don't think Carolina had anybody that was a game changer like Jack Eichel or Mark Stone. You know, I think Carolina has always been successful uh, as a team by committee. You know, they they went and acquired Max Pacioretty. I don't have to tell people in Vegas about Max, but Max was supposed to be their sniper, that guy that would score that key goal at a key time. Andre Svechnikov was supposed to be that key goal scorer at key times. Well, they had neither of those guys. And that became a real factor for Carolina, that they did not have someone to literally say, hey, boys, jump on my back, and here we go. And I think Mark Stone has done that, and I think Jack Eichel has done that. John Shannon is with us on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Something has jumped out at me. The Golden Knights' best game of every series appears to have been the closeout game. They swarmed Winnipeg and made that a non-interested game from the, the Winnipeg Jets' standpoint. Uh, they had a sizable advantage against Edmonton, leaned on their goaltender in the third period, but played their best game of that series. And then last night, was there was no shenanigans in that first period. It was just a beatdown uh, by, by Vegas and the adjustments that they made. What does that tell you? Vegas is relentless. That Vegas through the first five games of the Dallas series, um, you know, we're 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 truly in in you know in command. Think about, uh, I know I know that game five was you know a, a Dallas solid third period, um, but this team is a guy that when those those eighteen skaters jump over the boards, they are going to batter and bruise you and skate like the wind and, and and never give up and never stop. There's not very many swoons. So by the time this team has a great start to a game in a deciding game, I think there's a realization on the other side that oh, we've got no chance. They're just gonna they're gonna come in droves again. Uh, I think you I think you did see that particularly in the it feels like forever ago, but the the last three games of the Winnipeg series, you did see that in key games in the Oilers series. And yes, you're right. I mean, last night was. Last night was the consummate Golden Knights game because it wasn't just two guys. It was everybody. When you look at the goal scorers, it's Colasar and Carrier and Amodio. That to me is a, that to me is an impressive indictment of what this team is and how it's been built. Now, when you look at things from the Florida perspective, I, I would make the argument that, that that's also a team that, that does have four lines that can push the pace a little bit. What, what are some of the areas where you look at this series and you say, if Florida can do this, then it will cause issues for the Golden Knights? Well, they, they you know, they, you're right. I, I, I do think there are some similarities in so many ways. Um, 
you know, but when you look at what and look at two guys that uh, Vegas is very familiar with, and Matthew Kachuk and Sam Bennett, uh, of how they can play the game, how they're going to be physical, um, you know, and then there's the speed of a guy like Anthony Duclair, that's that's a, a factor in all of this. You know, the you know the the shot of Carter Verhage is a big part of this. They are, in many ways, they are as relentless as the Golden Knights in so many ways on their forwards. They, what they don't have, Ryan, in my opinion, is, is a similar defense. Mm-hmm. Do they have good defense? Yeah, it's a good defense. But the, the Golden Knights have a defense in front of a good goalie. Um, what, what Vegas has is a defense in front of a great goaltender. And, and in, in many ways, they kind of balance each other, but I, I just, I just think that what the defensemen bring to the Golden Knights is vastly superior to what Florida has, and that's going to be the difference. And Aiden Hill is is is, is has been really good. Um, Sergey Bobrovsky can win a game by himself for Florida because he's he's in that zone. But at the same time, I don't think that Florida is going to be able to be. Um, as persistent on the puck against the Golden Knights as they were against Carolina or Toronto. The Stanley Cup final has the potential to be the most physical against the Golden Knights as any of the series that they've played. And I know Edmonton was a nasty series. It was mean. But just from a big physical body position and body checking standpoint, Florida can bring it from a couple of different angles. So you remember remember that first round series against the Jets when you and I were yes highlighting the off ice officials for claiming 136 <laughs> hits in a game. Uh, what do you what do you I think don't the think highlighting was the, the 150 the, is? What do you think it over under 150 is in this one? I don't think we were calling it highlighting. I think we were making fun <laughs> of the totals <laughs> well, <laughs> that that that, they, that were coming out. But, but I do, I, I do actually think if you look at if you look at the way the off ice officials manage the other series, uh, they might have been spoken to. And I know why they got spoken to, because somebody <laughs> raised it to the powers that be. Well, that I mean, it, it was, was a silly. bit off. Come on, the mark. You're right. It was, <laughs> it was ridiculous. We had we had series that were much more physical than Winnipeg at Vegas. And they were having 82, 83 hits, and Vegas was at one seventeen and one thirty six. Yeah, no, no. Vegas no doesn't. Sense. Vegas doesn't shy away from getting into the trenches. Uh, they can, they can get you caught in the trolley tracks as much as as the Florida Panthers. But when you look at a Gudis or a Bennett oh, yeah. or uh, even Stall, will will throw his weight around either Stall, um, like that team that enjoys that part of the game. And I think as much as Edmonton or Dallas or Winnipeg, you're going to have to have your head in a swivel. You are, but, but what, you know, the three guys you just mentioned would lose not only to the hare, but lose to the tortoise as well. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not very, those three guys you mentioned are not very fast. Retco good has a good burst, but the stall boys, you know, they're not as fast as they once were. And, and Radko's, you know he's he's chippy. There's no question about that. But they don't have near the speed that uh, that Vegas has. So I, I guess a little bit of my answer is in order to to get, avoid the wrath of the 
Panthers' physical play, they're going to have to catch the Golden Knights at some point. And I, that, there's something to be said for that. You know, a guy like th- this is this is a series built for a guy like Colasar, built for Carrier, more so than even the Dallas series. And I think I think the depth of the the Golden Knights is going to come through big time. What what strikes me so much about this Golden Knights team is that they they have been able to score as much as they have so far in this postseason without having to load anything up, without having to go to that super line of Chandler Stevenson, Jack Eichel, and and Mark Stone. And that's really allowed them to continue to roll their their depth and roll their four lines. And as you mentioned, John, like the win last night was prototypical Golden Knights. You get a big night out of William Carlson. You get a great contribution from Colasar and Carrier. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, there were question marks maybe as to whether or not the depth can continue to come through for the Golden Knights in the postseason. But I, I'd make the argument that it's because of their depth and because you've got guys that can score on every line, that's why they're continuing to score in the postseason. Yeah, but let's remember, though, Ryan, the, the, this team made their adjustments early in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, arguably the worst game they played in the playoffs was the first game they played in the playoffs against the Jets. And then one of the things that happened was that line change of playing Stevenson with Howden and Stone, and that opened up the ice for the rest of the club. And, I, I, I you know, when you play a team, when you play a team that you only play twice a year, like this matchup, you don't have. I don't think you have a real sense of how fast the other team is until about, well, until about game two, and so I think it's going to be one of those ones where I think Ford is going to be shocked. Even though the even though Paul, who's one of the great orators of our time, Paul Maurice, uh, is going to say, "Yeah, we knew all about it. We had our scouting. We did that." They do not understand. The players do not understand how fast the Golden Knights are. They really don't. Because Edmonton didn't, Winnipeg didn't, and Dallas didn't, and it took and even and that's Pete DeBoer's team who had a lot of these guys for the last three or four years. So I, I think I think that the, the the Golden Knights speed. You're right about their depth. I, I just think that there are too many positives, too many check marks on the Golden Knights side to think that they're not the favorite. We're going to have a couple more days to analyze and break down this series, but oh my God. you, from 30,000 feet, having watched the National Hockey League arrive in Las Vegas, is what you would call it, and blossom well, that the, into that... Let, let, let me check. That is the name of the city, right? Yeah, but locals call it <laughs> Vegas. Yeah. So okay. you watched the team be awarded to Las Vegas when a lot of people were questioning whether that it would last, whether there'd be staying power. Then you had the marvelous first year. How do you think, or how do you look at this Stanley Cup arrival compared to the appearance in the Stanley Cup final in year number one? Uh, I think that this one is much more, and, and people don't get, don't start throwing bananas at the uh, radio when I say this. I think this one's much better earned. Uh, and and I, I think it's much better earned based on not necessarily the expansion draft or, or, or how the team was assembled. But, but I, I think it's, it's, it's better deserved and more deserved after how the team recovered from last year. 
because uh, when you, what, how many times, Darren? I'm, I know you have the statistic at the tip of your tongue, so you're going to uh, one up me. Five. Is how many times mm-hmm. do you miss the playoffs one year and get to the Stanley Cup final the next? Yeah, I, I know you usually get to you can win the final or and right. or the championship and miss the playoffs the next year. Yeah, well, but, but you but don't usually fact, go from Carolina the other way. Did that? Yeah, and 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 New Jersey did that, right? And that that's more common. This is unheard of. Unheard of. That that I you know, and I sure I know there was more than the five hundred games lost to injury, but. You know, the, you know the composite goaltending. You know the the five guys that did dress this year and then make it six with Robin Leonard in rehab uh, rehabbing injuries. You know, I mean that that's a, if I had told anybody in the game of hockey. By the way, uh, we're going to start uh, we're going to start the season with uh, these two goalies, and we're going to end up playing five, and we actually have six on the roster. Uh, and we're going to go all the way to Stanley Cup final. People would have told you you were blowing smoke. In in 2010, in 2010, the Philadelphia Flyers got to the Stanley Cup final with three goaltenders, and they had played three goaltenders in the playoffs. And everybody thought it was the most crazy, outrageous, outlandish thing they had ever seen in the game of hockey. Now they didn't win the Stanley Cup that year, but that that's the that was the thinking process. Is the one. The one position you need stability in is goaltending, and you can't have turnover. You can't have change. That's why there's always these coaches that feel they have to pick a number one goalie in the playoffs. I, I think that we've we've learned in the last couple of years now that you don't really need one good goalie or one great goalie. You could probably live with two good ones, and you know that's how Colorado won the Stanley Cup last year with. Kemper and Francois, and, you know, that's when you think of what Laurent Brossois' contribution to the club was in the in the first few games of the playoffs, and now Aiden Hill. But it's the great paradox in this series. Vegas yeah. and its goaltending against a franchise that is paying Sergei Bobrovsky $10 million a year. Yeah. I, 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 in one of my regular season stints on television, I, I did a comparison of the goaltenders on the roster that day. And I think it was mid to late January. And Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill were still the two goalies of record for the Golden Knights. And Spencer Knight and Bobrovsky were the goalies of record for the uh, Florida Panthers. And Florida was the number one team employing goaltenders, and they were paying almost $14 million for their two guys. And Vegas was 32nd, and they were playing just over $3 million for their two guys. And here we are, the number one expending team in goaltending and the number 32 team in spending goaltending are in the Stanley Cup final. So there's no great plan. They can both work. No, but I think, see, but I think the plan in, in Vegas has always been, um, you know, let's, let's spend the money on the defense. You know, this this is reminiscent to me of the Detroit Red Wings in the late '90s. Ryan, were you born then? I was. Yep. Okay. Good. Yeah. Uh, in the late '90s, '97, '98, when you know Konstantinov and Lidstrom and Brian Rafalski and and all and and, and then the similar situation, yeah. and 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 they would 
they would actually, that's how they would, uh, they would spend all their money on their defensemen. And then, you know, they would spend two million. I mean, Dom, when Dom Hashik went to Detroit, he was, he was only making $2 million because mm-hmm. he went, to, he wanted to go and be on a winner mm-hmm. in 2002. Ozzy and Vernie and yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it, there weren't, even though Vernon was won the, did Vernon win the conference? Yes. I think he did. Yeah. Um, but but really they they invested in the blue line and then and and then took a lot of the pressure off of high end high price goaltending and then you need the coach right you need that piece that you know for the golden knights they've been a good defensive team they've had this core now for a couple of seasons but you bring bruce cassidy and and his system his tweaks into the fold and it's really resulted in what you would expect the the high watermark to be for this team. Um, yeah, I, the, the coaching one's an interesting one, Ryan, it, it, because if if you looked at the, the the last four teams, and we talked about this last week, I think the three of the four teams they had new coaches, had new voices. I mean, r- right now. I, I think there are probably 25 coaches in the NHL, you know, s- scared because, you know, change the coach, get a new voice, you can you can go a distance in the playoffs, and you know darn well owners, owners, they just want results, you know. So do you go out and try to find that veteran coach that can put your team over the top like Dallas did and get to the conference final? Like Florida did, getting to the Stanley Cup final, like Bruce has done with the Golden Knights. The, the interchangeable part that is, the interchangeable part that is a coach, is one of those ones where you say, okay, is it long lasting? Is it for a season? How you know how long is the shelf life? Right now, it's been the right thing for both teams. Now, Paul Maurice would tell you it took a little longer for for him to get buy-in from his roster than it did for Bruce to get buy-in from his roster. But the new voice certainly helps and makes a difference. The question then becomes, for how long? Something just uh, clicked in my brain as we were talking oh, about this. I mean, that's, scary. Uh, that's a scary thought. Yeah. The last two times the Golden Knights did not participate in the Stanley Cup playoffs... They went to the final the next year. No, that uh, that doesn't count. Does you can't do that. That's totally true. Is it? No, is, it is it wrong? Because they didn't participate. They didn't participate in anything the first year. Is it wrong that before. they didn't participate in the playoffs in 2017? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> That's a good try, but it won't work. You know, you you're always get... trying to find that little loophole, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, I know you. I think you're I was just... trying to find it. Nobody's used that one yet. It's the first no, here I, on the VGK Insider Show. I on the shelf a few more days. <laughs> you going to come down for media today? No, I, I no, no, no. Hmm. I know what they're going to say. Happy to be here. Really excited. Teammates, great. You know, Matthew <laughs> Kachuk's a beast. You know, I really, you know, what a, what a difference it's made. Oh, Bob's been so good in goal, you know. We could just probably take seven or eight different answers now, mm. and you could just replay them 
And if we could find seven guys to disguise their voices, we could probably, you know, get, you know, 24, 25 answers and say we we're all at media day. I'm not a bad Paul Maurice impersonator. Uh, if you, if you can really? nail down, if you can nail down Bruce Cassidy, we can do it because I oh, think I the, the two coaches are going to be the stars of media day. Of course they are because they actually say something, you know, and, and, <laughs> and Paul, I mean, let's face it. I think, People in people in Vegas will remember Paul from that first year when he had the Jets, and I'm I'm sure you're going to ask all the Winnipeg Jet questions. That's your job. You always ask all the Winnipeg Jet questions in <laughs> Vegas. Uh, so you're going to ask Paul what it, how, what's the difference this time coming uh, into Vegas for a game versus when you came with the Jets and you know in in the first year. Mm-hmm. And Paul will say something eloquent like, "Well, it was 14 degrees warmer." <laughs> and uh, the ice is still fast, you know. But he'll and but Paul will say something that will people will go, "Wow, that was a great answer," and that was fun. You know what else he'll you know, do? You won't see an uptight Paul Maurice on Media Day, that's for sure. You know what else he'll do? He'll adjust his glasses. He's great at adjusting the glasses. Yeah, that's a good one. I got to watch that. Yeah, I'll send yeah. him a text. Keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on that one. Well, uh, what, what? Okay, what's the over under on how many times he adjusts his glasses in the press conference? Oh, in a press conference, I would say four. That'll be on the board somewhere. Okay, four. That, that will be on the board in some sports book. He will adjust it. his glasses four times. He uses a bit of a stall tactic, buy some time. He's good at it. That's like uh, every interview in the sports world when the guy answers, that's a tremendous question. Yes, <laughs> I'm, and right now I'm buying some time to think <laughs> about what I I'm going to no say. no clue you know how to answer this answer. Eric Lindros was and and Messier uh, to to a certain extent with the laugh. They always they they used the laugh as an opportunity to buy themselves some time to come up with the answer instead of uh, working the glasses. Yeah, you no, no you're right. There's a, everybody has a little trick here or there to figure out what to say next. I, for instance, always bring up Grimaldi's pizza when I have nothing to say. <laughs> That's a sign. Uh, you have uh, you have other uh, work to do here. Before we go. I do? Yep. Oh, are we done? Yep. I just want to wish uh, my pal George McPhee good luck in the Stanley Cup final because I'm going to do it again on Thursday, but that's another story for another day. So, hello, George. Uh, Mike Bolt is in town. Uh, well, he actually arrives tomorrow, uh, so we're going to have some fun with him. You, uh, is he going to bring uh, old uh, Frederick Arthur into the studio? <laughs> he is. That's the so, game plan anyway. Okay, so the... so. What what is the real name of the trophy? I I assume it's not the Stanley Cup. Correct. But I don't know that. If I don't know what the answer around, is. Yeah. You will see it called the Dominion Challenge Cup. Oh, okay. I think I did know that, but I, I it was buried in my I knew the Dominion Challenge Cup, but I didn't realize it was all the same thing. You could have said that's an excellent question. No, that that's and then, a... <laughs> it filled the time and then remembered. But I was trying to be honest with you that I didn't know. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't gonna be the cool guy and say I already knew that. Uh I, I didn't know that it wasn't uh actually called yeah. the Stanley Cup all the time. And the original the, cup is still in the hall, isn't it? Like the original bowl? Like it yeah, doesn't travel yeah, around. The, orig- the original the original cup is actually just a cup. Hmm. It's just the actual top part of the bowl. All those added things are the names 
of all the teams that have won. Hey, we, we've gotten long here, so I'm just going to blow right through this uh, and, and ask you one more question about this. The, the conference trophies have only been awarded to the respective champions since 1994, right? That That's that, an excellent question. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, that's not true. Okay, well, that, that was what my understanding was. Because I remember, and, and why it seemed to work with my understanding was, do you remember in 94 when Vancouver won? Yeah, the, and the lid fell off the yes. Campbell Trophy. Trevor yeah. Linden didn't even know that the lid came off. Yeah. Because he held well, up the trophy and went tumbling down. lemonade in it in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> no, people didn't even realize that that thing's a bowl. They just thought it was a trophy, that the lid actually comes off. No, I, I, I actually think, and you can go, you can get the crack reacher staff, which means Chris has to go do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they started, uh, if you look at who's won the Clarence S. Campbell Bowl, I think it goes back to 1968. Okay, good. Uh, when we when, when we went from we had two we ended up having two divisions, right? We had the Eastern Conference, or the Eastern Division, the Western Division. When we went from six teams to twelve teams, yeah. And the Prince of Wales Trophy, see, the Prince of Wales Trophy was always awarded to the regular season champion. And oh. then what happened was when we had expansion, they moved the Prince of Wales Trophy to the Eastern Conference, which was the old six teams, right? And then the Clarence S. Campbell right. Bowl. Okay. Sorry, okay. I know. I, no, I'm no, no, no. That makes sense here. because we had the Wales Conference and the Campbell Conference and the All Star Game. So yeah, I was I was totally uh, out to lunch on that one. But I, I was thinking it might be true because of just Lyndon's uh, uh, unawareness of the the lid coming off, which is still one of the oh. great videos of all time. Brian Burke Velcro. standing there going, you know what, what the Velcro. heck? That's yeah. what they need on the trophy, Velcro. You remember Berkey standing beside because Berkey was the NHL guy, uh, oh. official, presenting the trophy? It's like, what just happened here? <laughs> well, Trevor was having too much fun. It was. Uh, thanks, but buddy. But the boys didn't touch it. The boys didn't really touch it last night, huh? No, I, and I think it was a last-minute thing by the looks of it. Well. Hey, by you? the way, did you save me a hat? Yeah. All right. It'll look good on the golf course this summer. I I I'm I'm hoping that you get two of them. Well, yeah, I'd love two of them, and then I can I can say that my pal McPhee gave them to me. Yeah, you you can yeah. tell him that, but you can. Yeah, I'm hoping you get a Western Conference one. Yeah, and, we'll, and a Stanley Cup. Yeah, we'll get. To I think I'm one. going to. So uh, that's for the record. I think I am. Oh, nice prediction. Uh, I'm still going to ask you on uh, Thursday. Okay. Well, I'm not going to change, <laughs> but I will say it's an excellent question. It's an excellent question. Uh, thanks, John. Cheers, boys. There you go. Uh, John Shannon, executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada, former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, We'll be back to set up hour number two next on Fox Sports Las Vegas.